It is a glorious Sunday around noon in mid-October. The sun is streaming in through the sliding glass doors, silently massaging my back as I sit at the kitchen table eating a sandwich while navigating the large weekend newspaper. A family of ducks at Lake's Edge, just outside my door, quacks out an opera only they know the lyrics to. And there was a large snow-white egret looking for his lunch. My northern friends refer to this place as God's Waiting Room, while the automobile license tags sport oversized oranges and proclaim this to be the sunshine state. After lunch, I headed for the living room to watch a game on television. It's been a long time since I've felt this well, and Terry seems pleased that the worst appears to be over. She has put her recent memories into an imaginary drawer labeled, History, Let's Hope the Worst is Past. Not five minutes later, an all-too-familiar feeling washes over me, and I instinctively know what the next few hours will bring. Not because I'm smart, but rather because we've been through this before. A quick swipe over my forehead with my temporal artery scanner reveals an elevated temperature of 102.9 degrees. I try to head this fever off at the pass by swallowing a few Tylenol pills. Ten minutes later, my temperature is somewhere north of 103, and I confirm this finding with an oral thermometer. My system is obviously trying to fight off an infection of some kind. Terry is already packing my overnight bag for a trip to the emergency room. There is no point in calling my oncologist's answering service because we know the drill. Get to the emergency room ASAP. As we leave the house, my thermometer displays 104, and I know we're in trouble again. We arrived at the ER within 15 or 20 minutes and met with a nurse right away. The usual paperwork was dealt with quickly because we were really good at this by now. My temperature was down to 103, and I was brought to a nearby trauma room where blood was drawn for CBCs. After being dressed in the standard hospital gown, the Metaport implant in my chest was accessed and flushed with heparin. I was hooked up to IV fluids and an IV antibiotic to begin fighting whatever it was that invaded and got past my lowered defense shields. Since being discharged from my last round of consolidation chemotherapy a week ago, I remained in a bubble worried that a rogue infection would seize any opportunity to bring me down. It now appeared that my bubble had sprung a leak. A unit of irradiated blood arrived at my room in the ER and joined the fluids and antibiotics marching through clear tubing into my metaport. I felt awful and began to vomit uncontrollably into the nearest receptacle that happened to be an empty wastebasket at my bedside. That was new and didn't bode well for my immediate future. The vomiting subsided within a few minutes, and an ER doctor informed me that I was headed for the ICU. I responded that I didn't belong in the intensive care unit. Send me up to the 2 West Cancer Floor and they'll fix me up. I was afraid that, if sent to the ICU, I would never be allowed to leave. Like the Hotel California, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Again, it seemed that my negotiating skills abandoned me in my time of need. The doctor was insistent that I needed to be in the ICU, and that was where I was headed.